We at the Other Side of Hell podcast are not therapists, doctors, or counselors. We're just two guys who have been through hell and come out the other side. Please be aware, we may talk about drinking and drugging in detail. Anyone struggling with addiction may find this triggering. Our goal is to share our stories, explore our struggles, and connect with others through our experience. Remember, we are not alone. There is hope, and together we can get better. Yeah, what's up, world? I'm Willie. And I'm Cameron. Welcome to the Other Side Out Podcast. Yeah, welcome back. Seems like it's been a sec. Some banter. We always have banter before the show. We should bring the banter in. Reel it in a little bit. No, we should bring it into the show. Oh, yeah, well, then nobody would want us. What if that's what they want? Look at Jordan's back there like, no, just fucking do the show. (laughs) (laughs) They they seem to know something we don't know. Yeah. That's what makes What's up, producers. you guys? Uh, it's good to be here, man. I, I'm excited about this day, this topic. We have a great war story from a guy that's been through some shit, Forrest. Yeah. I love, I love getting to meet these people and get to talk to them and, and learn about their stories. But, you know, because I can always relate with so much of it and I get so much out of it. And today we pulled we pulled a topic out of it that's kind of close to my recovery, you know close to my life right i have a little struggles here and there your own concept of a higher power yeah you hear it in the recovery it it, it almost doesn't seem it seems like it, almost anywhere you go whether it's uh non-traditional just treatment uh you you wing it you 12-step it uh rational recovery it like i don't know too many places that don't have either the, the higher power concept or the lack thereof, right? And so it's it's always something that in recovery you're going to come across, right? Yeah, I think uh, like, I think for the most part you're you're you uh it's a good idea to have a higher power. Um and I think that there's a couple of reasons for that. Um and I I don't think that it's exclusive to 12-step communities. I think basically the idea behind a higher power is this notion that I'm not in charge. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, that anybody who's gotten sober at any point in time has realized um, that they themselves cannot get themselves sober. Yeah. Um, at least that's been my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Even like I don't know if you've ever read Russell Brand's book, Recovery, but um, he talks he talks about it. it, it it's a 12 step. Have you ever read it? I've listened to it. He listened to it. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a 12 step base, but he words it a little different, you know, like step one is, are you fucked? Are you fucked? Do you want to get, unfucked? Do you, do you, can you be unfucked? Do you believe you could be unfucked? Do you believe you can make yourself unfucked? Right. Right. And, uh, and, and the, the idea of me being able to unfuck myself is, is obviously a joke. Because I stayed in the shit long past the time I enjoyed the shit, trying to do it my own way on my own with my own shit, right? Like, like having the answer of myself. If I had the answer, my own answer, I wouldn't be here today. Right. right? Mm -hmm. I would have fucking been able to stop a long time ago. But uh, me of myself, I was not able to stop on my own, regardless of the consequences. It didn't matter how fucking bad it got. It didn't matter how much pain I was in. 
I would return back to the obsession of using and drinking. I would live that lifestyle until I was removed from the ability to use it completely. Mm -hmm. And that's my story over and over and over again. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and we, I think that we've, we've clearly defined for ourselves, for our audience, and for anybody who's listening, what it was like for us. Um, I think that today what we want to talk about is that power greater than ourselves that helped us to get unfucked. Yeah. Right? <laughs> if, you, um, if you will. Yeah. No, uh, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sometimes and we're unfucked. I think that uh, it, it, it's, it's a really jarring thing. Um, for most of us, like I, I think that most people really struggle with this idea of, uh, of a higher power and and this notion that uh, that they can um, turn their will and their lives over to something that you know they may or may not believe in. Yeah. Um, and so I think the the importance for me um, of a higher power was really sort of hammered home when I heard somebody say once, that uh, they said it doesn't matter what what you choose as a higher power. You can choose that chair over there as a higher power, and you can choose to turn your will and your life over to the care of that chair. And the reason why that's important is that then your will and your life is no longer in the hands of an idiot. (laughs) And that for me was like, that's really what it is. That's really what it is, is just like me letting go of my own ideas. Yeah. And, uh, surrendering, if you will. Right. Yeah. And so, um, for me, I know that my journey with a higher power hasn't been maybe as, uh, as, uh, tormented as your own. And, and it sounds like Forrest as well. But I think for me, I was very lucky in that I fell away from the idea of the God, quote unquote, that I grew up with. Right earlier in my right. life. Um, you know, I was born into a Mormon family um, here in Utah. That's pretty common. But, you know, I fell away from that church at like 11 or 12 and and just decided to sort of go my own way and come up with my own idea of what felt right to me. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have, you know, the the years of conditioning that a lot of people do when they come into the rooms like Forrest, like yourself, um, you know, of of this all powerful God, um, that lives in the clouds and has a beard and, and, uh, you know, and, and is created in our own image and all the, you know, stereotypical things that you see with a deity God. Like I, I didn't have that. And so, um, it doesn't mean that I didn't struggle though with, with the higher power thing. Um, what it means is that there maybe wasn't as much for me to unlearn, Hmm. And I think that right. that's a really important aspect of of this um, from your perspective and from Forrest's perspective. Um, there really is so much we have to unlearn yeah. before we can take on this this new notion. So, you know, in that regard, why don't you tell us a little bit about like your story, uh, your journey with it all? It took me a long time to even be able to wrap my head around my own concept thing. You know, because of the stuff that you were talking about, man, the conditioning that comes along with it. Uh, I I consistently tried to rely on an idea of a power greater than myself based on your experience. And right. I, I think that's kind of common. I didn't know it was that common, and I didn't even know that that's what I was doing. But 
I was trying to have your experience with your higher power. And so I, I, uh, I, I was never told that I could have my own concept. I was always kind of taught that there is one, one that's right. This, this one God is right. And it was kind of since I was a child and, uh, you didn't call it a, a higher power is obviously a, a higher power, you know, because this thing knew everything mm-hmm. and, and there's just all the religious rules that went along with it. But I never did have that experience that other people talked about. And I, and I sought it and I wanted it. And I, well, what I, experience I are was, you talking about specifically? Uh, well, the, the, well, uh, okay. So I guess I have to get specific about what God I'm talking about. Right. So, mm-hmm. so the, the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, you know, my parents are Christians uh, we're, we're, my mom still sleeps with a Bible by her bed. You know, we've talked about a lot of this stuff, but, um, it was, it was a Baptist Christian type church okay. that we went to. And mm-hmm. so, um, it was kind of, uh, you were born into sin that there's only one way out of that, that you can't work your way out of it, that only by confessing Jesus is the savior. Uh, you could be saved by grace alone. And, um, the Bible is the only word of God. It's the only true word of God. And basically all you need to know about life is in that book. And, um, if you doubt, then that's a sin against you. If you lie, that's a sin against you. If you steal, do drugs, have sex outside of marriage, um, you know, uh, they're all like ticks. <laughs> yeah, they're, Mark's all, they're all, can I, they're all fucking notches in that chalkboard. Yeah. That, that, can I ask you a question then? Does, I mean, and, and this is just me like really just asking questions about like that specific religion. Does that mean that like, as we're born, cause you said we're born into sin. Like, are we born predestined to go to hell? Uh, I felt like it. Okay. You know? And, and I'll be honest, you know, I don't, I don't know enough about, uh, the religion itself anymore, um, to, to be able to say, because every, the more that I, the more that I searched and tried to find the experience that other people seem to have this knowing, right. That's the experience I was looking for. This undoubtable knowing that God is like confirmation. Yeah. As real as you and I sit here now, this this unshakable belief, Faith, yeah. this, this just as the sun will come up, God is right. And I, I never had that. I right. was always in question. Okay. And, and so there's, there's a bunch of different flavors for that. Right. Because my brother, my sister, both of my sisters, my, my parents, we all went to the same church. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, whatever sermon we heard on that Sunday was, was the same sermon. The same words came out of that guy's mouth out of the same book every Sunday. And we all heard something different. Right. Mm-hmm. So my mom may be sitting there in, in, in church that Sunday and all she's hearing is a message of love and I'm shaking in my shit going, I'm fucked. <laughs> right. Like, because that's, and, and it took me a long time. Like I wanted the message that my mom was. Getting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I was hearing the message that I'm fucked. And, and so as, as I went through life trying to gain that different experience and that different belief, getting at that unshakable thing, it fucked me up more and more and more. And it made mm-hmm. me feel 
as we hear so many times, you know, not only did I feel worthless within human relationships, I felt worthless within a spiritual relationship too, because I couldn't fucking do anything right. It never felt like I could do it right consistently long enough to, to, to make the grade. You know, I didn't know if I, for sure I was going to hell, but I knew I wasn't getting into heaven. And, and the older I got, you know, the more messages came to me because I would go to one church and, and, and then we would go to another church and the message would be a little bit different out of mm-hmm. the same book. And then we'd go to another one. And, uh, you know, I, I would listen to people that were like Buddhists or whatever, and they would have a different concept. And, and I was told that there was only one way and, and the confusion continued to mount throughout my entire life. Yeah. All the way up until we got sober this time. And, and I had been, I had been told about this, your own concept mm-hmm. idea. Right. I just never believed I could have that. You were, you were told upon entering a 12 step program. Yeah. Or? Back in treatment. Okay. When I was like 24, I started, you know, and, and when I, when I started recovering, okay. Being around people in recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you still didn't believe it? No. Okay. I thought, I thought it was fine for, yeah, it's fine for you guys. Like, yeah, you guys get to choose your own. Yeah, but. because you obviously didn't hear the same message of salvation that I heard. Doom. You know? Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not your fault that you don't have the true message of, of the Savior okay. type thing. So you right? sort of had the same attitude towards them, even in recovery, as you did prior to, which was that, Whatever God you believe in is the wrong God, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yeah, I've been taught that this is the right God, and P.S. P- he fucking hates me. Yeah, right? yeah, pretty much. Okay. and and because I don't believe what I'm told to believe, I'm fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and it fucked me up, man. Ah, really did. Had, had a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just so the listeners know, I I feel better now. <laughs> I, I've had a few experiences and. And you know that that connection never did leave me. That that want for a connection has never left me. Um, I went on a, a crazy spiritual journey where um, I I really sought out as much information as I could through through my own resources. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. uh, one thing will lead me to another, and so the rooms of recovery led me to the concept of a power greater than myself that other people were able to choose for themselves. Right and. And as I went and I hung around with people that could choose a, a concept of God that was their own, that worked for them, uh, finally somebody said something that was enough for me to, to, to question whether or not I was believing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, One of the things that Forrest says, and we'll get to his story, is you know, when, when the God idea comes up with, or comes up in us, you know, who told you that? Is that something that you've told yourself? Is it something that you really believe or, or is it something that, that you struggle with? Like what, what would a God of, you know, if you could choose a God, what would that look like? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, I, I never heard that until I was in the rooms of recovery, right? That, that's the first place that I heard that kind of stuff. And it took me a long time, even after that, to, to be willing to start concepting that n- not, it didn't start for me with, okay, I can believe in my own concept of God, but um, it started with me going, well, maybe what I was taught was wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's right, but maybe it's wrong. Right. And so that opened up the door for a little bit more study, you know, to where 
I could read other books outside of the Bible that that had God in it, you know, and listen to other speakers that had different types of gods and religious beliefs and and those types of things where, you know, and 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 listen to listen to people that don't believe in God that that seem to have plenty of evidence to disprove the existence of God or. Mm-hmm. Or be able to say that, you know, there is no existence for God. And I went down that path for a while and it worked, you know. But uh, it's it's such a journey getting to be okay. Yeah, I was I was just going to say, for you, it really was just this, this huge undertaking and this huge journey of, of deciding that what, what you were taught as a child was not working for you. And that... Um, you know, it may not have been what you needed in your life. And so you you went so far the other direction <laughs> that you were, like, like you were like, fuck that and also fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. And to the point to the point where you needed that time without anything. Yeah. Right. Um, as a part of your journey to even be open to the idea of a different concept, yeah. of a new concept and a new idea. And uh, and it's been interesting from my perspective to watch that journey unfold for you, um, and to see to see the level of sanity in you <laughs> through that journey. Because um, it, I mean, it really but is interesting. If I could be sane on my own, I would have done it, right? Right. Yeah. We tried. Yeah. You know. Um, but it, what it really, it, what it really does for me is like putting putting my journey with it you know in contrast to to that of yours um it really makes me grateful that i didn't have to question it that much yeah you know that uh that for me it was enough for me to just sort of understand that i wasn't going to understand it Mm -hmm. um and uh and to really be okay with leaving some things as a question mark and um, and so to hear your journey in contrast to my own, um, even though, again, like my own journey was, I think, for, for me, the struggle was not believing in it, but trusting it. Okay. Um, and so I always had this notion that there was something bigger and more grand, but that didn't mean that I was ready to like put all of my faith into it right? You know, and to turn my will and my life over to it. Um, and for me, that was the, the real struggle is like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, what is that? What do you, what do you mean? Like <laughs> just turn my will and my life over to, to this concept, you can know, I, can I get a phone call? Where, where do I set up an yeah. appointment? For yeah, do I like write a letter? Like, <laughs> How does that even work, you know? And it's still something that I can struggle with today, you know? Like, what does that even mean to, like, turn my will and my life over? And, like, for me, like, a good reminder is, you know, it's something that I say in a daily prayer, which is, like, your will, God, not mine, be done. And it means for me that, you know, I am, I'm, I'm not in charge. And there is something, you know, that, that has a a better idea of what I need than what I think. Right. And, you know, I can put some trust in that. And I think, you know, for me now, even at this stage of the game, here I am, you know, six and a half years sober. And I was actually talking to my sponsor about this the other day because, you know, I'm like 
juggling some financial things at the moment. And I'm like, I think it becomes difficult to know like where I say, okay, God, you know, I, I have faith in you that you'll get me through this and also not let that be an excuse to be lazy Mm -hmm. and also like take the appropriate action while trusting that there is a, um, you know, God of my own understanding that's looking out for me. Right. And I think that that's sort of what the struggle might be today. But I'm extremely grateful that God is at least a part of the conversation now, right? That sure. I that I have this higher power that at least um, is entered into the fold that I'm conscious of that I, you know, make an effort to to maintain a relationship with because um, the minute that I start thinking that it's just me and that. Cameron and Cameron's ego can run the show. I screw it up. Yeah. Yeah. I screw it up every time and, and nobody around me is safe. And so, um, so that's been a lot of what my journey is with that higher power. And so I'm just really, yeah, I'm just sitting here, you know, with a lot of gratitude that I didn't have to quite go to the magnitude of um, and the depths that, that, that you did, not that your journey was bad. It obviously it's your journey, but I could talk about that stuff forever, you know? And, and, and one of the things that you just brought up that I really appreciate is that ego, right? Cameron's ego, Mm -hmm. because there is a big, there is a big blockade of, uh, you know, I think, I think a, a willingness and an open mindedness to even consider that for a lot of people. And, and I've gotten to places where um, I was completely shut off to the idea that there was anything out there looking looking over me, right? And so one of the things that happened was as I went through that journey trying to find God, um, you know, w- one of the things that you're talking about, I think, is certainty. You know, we want certainty. Mm-hmm. And so when we're juggling financial stuff and relationships, especially back then, you know, my relationship's pretty stable now. You know, with Avery, I've been with her for a long time. Um, my my career is fairly stable. Uh, the house is good. You know, the kids are healthy. Like, everything's pretty stable. But back then, everything was pretty chaotic. Mm-hmm. And so um, I didn't, you know, in early sobriety, I didn't know how to stay sober. I didn't know how to count on people. I didn't know how to save money. I didn't know how to be a good employee. I, there was all this stuff that I didn't know. And I was watching other people, for example, but I was also going back and, and, and watching the example of people that were talking about this God that I was raised with. And one of the problems that I had that I could not connect with was, was um, this idea that I'm going to be taken care of, right? Because right. I would watch the people that were teaching me this stuff worry over and over and over again about the same thing. And, and, and this prayer thing, like, over and over and over again. And I'm like, how many fucking times do you have to pray for the same thing before you realize you're getting it or you don't? You know? Interesting. And, and, and so um, you go th- I, I, I'd go through this stuff, and, and I would start questioning, like, why, why are you still praying for financial relief? You, you know? Why, why are you asking God for the same thing today that you asked for him yesterday? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, do you, do you believe it's going to be taken care of or don't you? Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for me now, like I can go back and I can recognize that as a huge part of my ego, like going, well, if you have such great faith, you shouldn't be, 
needing to ask for that again today. Where's your God now? Yeah. Where's your God now? You right. know? And, and when I, when I came through, uh, you know, for the listeners that haven't heard this story, I'll tell it again real quick. When I came through a breakthrough, which probably came from a power greater than myself, knocking the slate clean, mm-hmm. right? Because I'd been, I'd been asking for understanding my whole life, dude, right? I'd been asking for this connection that other people seem to have my whole life. And one of the things that I've never wanted to do is fake my sobriety. I've never wanted to fake my relationship with a power greater than myself. And the fact that I couldn't have your experience with it put me in a position to where I wasn't willing to lie about it, right? Because I either had it or I didn't. And I wasn't going to lie about not about having it if I didn't. Yeah. And so I went to this meeting and there was this guy there and, and I hope I never forget it because it was such a freeing experience for me. And you know the story, but mm-hmm. um, for those who, who don't, like I said, I went to this meeting. This guy was sharing about his family who, you know, is from the area. So, you know, one of the, one of the things that our families do is love us to death. And they will, they will be concerned about our own well-being far past, you know, their responsibility. And, and so his family was kind of drilling him about church and about God and all this stuff. And so he finally told his family, he's like, you know what, you guys, leave me the fuck alone. I'm not a Christian. I love you, but it, just leave me alone. I'm not going. I don't believe mm-hmm. that shit. I'm fine. I'm good. And this was an, this was an alcoholic. He had, he had some several years of sobriety, and it was the first time I had heard that to the point where it connected with me. Like, maybe I'm not a Christian. Yeah. Mm. Right? Maybe I'm not broken. Maybe I'm just not that. Sure. Right? And so if I'm not that, then what am I? Right? And and setting ego aside, going, okay, get the fuck out of here. This is, this is a, an experience that came outside of myself. Right? That was a power that was greater than me with one person speaking in a way that I could understand it. And perhaps that was a message from a power greater than myself finally saying, you know what? You're never going to have somebody else's experience. Start with nothing at this point in life. And that's what I did. And you might remember is like I started, like you said, I started with nothing. And the evidence for God's pretty fucking thin, man. <laughs> you know? I according, by, to, according to your perspective. Yeah. Like I still by, by no means have this solid fucking belief man but you know i went through enough time without it what what the first one of the first thing i did was stop praying uh i found myself uh not praying in recovery i didn't pray for employment i didn't pray for recovery i didn't pray for other people i didn't ask for anything right i didn't i just didn't pray Mm -hmm. at all and uh for about the first six months it was hard because I'd been praying my whole life, this, this internal talk, if you will. You know, I finally stopped trying to talk to that thing. It, and it was weird. And then, and then I got lonely, like, because I got used to most of my life having that internal talk was me talking to God. And, and a lot of it was fear-based. It was just, I'd go through my day when I was in fear and I'd just ask for relief, like, fuck, because... As an alcoholic, what I know now is that I just run around pretty much scared all the time. Mm-hmm. 
like you were saying, I don't trust myself. I don't trust God. I don't trust you. I don't trust that my job's going to be there when I get there. I don't trust that my money's going to be in my account when I look. I don't, all this stuff, right? And so uh, I stopped with it, and, and then I got lonely, and then it finally went away. And I was able to just go through. And what ended up happening now is something that, uh, you know, we heard Leslie share, which was so beautifully well put by her sponsor, you know. I got to a point where I was able to believe that Cameron believed. Mm -hmm. And that was enough for me. Mm -hmm. Right. No longer do I believe or do I have to believe. I'm in a place where what if Cameron really does believe this stuff and he's not like me where I'm certain there is nothing there and that if you believe that you're dumb or weak or whatever my ego is telling me about it. But, you know, you were more humble than I am and the ability to get out of the way of yourself and allow something bigger than yourself guide you in a good direction. Right. Cause I don't fucking know. Right. But if I can shut up and be humble enough to believe that you believe, right. Then that's a good beginning. And all this stuff, all, all this new idea concept stuff was all something that would have put me in hell. Had I stayed with the God that I originally tried to believe in. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. So would you say that there was uh, there was somebody specifically that you were able to look at that sort of had the peace and serenity that you were after who was believing? Uh, I think, yeah, everybody that had it. Everybody but you? <laughs> yeah, everybody. Everybody that uh, lived by the principles in which they spoke their higher power about, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're a great example of that because um, you've always said that this entire journey, even when I'm even when I'm going through, you know, my deconversion and atheism, you're like, I don't know. I don't need to know. I just know it works and I know it's there. And that's enough for me. And I would go to meetings and, you know, kind of the same thing. People would talk about the universe or nature or, or one of those one of those type of things and. Like it worked for them. They're happy, you know? Mm -hmm. And as I listen to uh, speakers and, and other people talk about having their own experience with a power greater than themselves, um, they all seem to be okay with it. Yeah. You know? And if I can stop fighting whether or not they really believe it, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's one more thing that I have to, distract myself from myself with right because that's a that's a great thing for us for us anti-god people is to judge you on how much you don't believe in your god based on the way that you're acting how much you're lying about it and lying to yourself (laughs) and there's no fucking way that person believes in right look at look at their body look at their car look at if you know if they had all this faith where's all their money why they keep relapsing that's another one that's a that's a huge one for my egos you know, people come into the meetings and they're like, oh, my higher power is so great. And they're believing in their higher power. And then at 35 days sober, they're fucking drunk again. And here's my ego going, yeah, where's your fucking God now? Huh? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, and, and here's the thing, too, is like that. Uh, th- those are interesting questions. Like those are opportunities. Like 
we're not trying to take anybody else's inventory but our own, you know, and we get to look at our own stuff and really question and analyze like what that says about us, the fact that I'm right. thinking that way. Right. That's um, ego. But that person uh, hopefully will take that as an opportunity to analyze their own shit as well. Yeah. Right. Um, but I really want to talk about the, uh, because I think for me it wasn't quite as dramatic. Right. Um, but for a lot of people, it is. And I think the the one exercise that I've heard um, that uh, that can be really, really helpful is to literally go through and fire fire the idea of the higher power that you currently have. Mm-hmm. And then hire the idea of what you would want a higher power to be. Right. And I, you know, I think what I hear from you is that you would hear this notion early on that you could come up with your own concept of a God and you'd consider it blasphemy. Yeah. Like, no, you can't. That's not... can't come up. How is it a God if I come up with it? Right, right, right. But what... I don't know. Like, outside of that, like, when we remove, like, the religious parameters of it all and for me like this idea of like what would i want god to be because mm-hmm. that's that's part of this exercise is like if like if i'm let's say i'm putting out like a an ad ad for a job for a job and i'm hiring for a higher power hiring for what what are those qualifications <laughs> that i'm looking for in a higher power of my own right yeah and you know like one thing i'm looking for hey i want him to be loving I want him to be forgiving. I want him to be um, understanding. I want him to be available. I want him to be um, comforting. And what I don't want is him to be condescending, judgmental, and to guilt guilt me into you know this or you know bring shame with him like all the all the negative things you know like right. I I don't want those aspects and so. Um, you know, sort of coming to this idea that I can do that, I can, I can put together this Frankenstein God of all the right parts of what I want and choose to believe in that, um, it can be a difficult thing to get to, like a right. difficult place to get to. But the power that comes from that is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, my God. So when I think about God now, I don't think about me going to hell. I don't think about, like, the shame I'm bringing to my family. I don't think about, like, me being in an afterlife alone and burning and for eternity. You know, like, I don't have to think about all that stuff. Instead, I think, like, what would God say to me in this situation? And he has a kind and loving response and he has, you know, all these all these qualifications that I've listed in this new God that I've hired. Um, and if I can talk to myself with that attitude, it seems to serve me much better throughout life. Yeah. Um, and I'm in a much better place to be available to myself, to be available to my family, to be available to others. And I can bestow upon them and our relationships that same sort of attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Because there's people out there that call themselves godlike that are judgmental as hell because that's godlike according to their God. Yeah, according right? to what they believe exactly. the, the message is being told. Yeah. And like you said, you know, they're loving us to death where, you know, they could be completely condescending. They want us to do this. They want us to do that because that's what their God but, says and, and that's what their the God wants. With the very best of intentions. The very best. Well-intentioned people, yeah. um, you know, can send us to the grave. And so, um, you know, today I get to choose. Decide. Because it is a choice that I'm going to put my faith into a higher power that is, um, you know, of my own, my own choosing, you know, my own design. And I think that, uh, that that's why, you know, it is so important for us to come to that conclusion in a 12-step program or even in life because... You know, my higher power, like we've we've heard all sorts of different people talk about different concepts of a higher power. And I think people outside of a 12 step program, you know, they may not specifically resonate with the idea of a quote unquote higher power. And I think that it's easy for a lot of people to think that this is a God based program. But a higher power can just be like an elevated state of consciousness. Absolutely. You know, it can be. Um, this idea that I know what is best for me. And somewhere in my mind, like there is Cameron that vibrates on a higher spiritual plane and I can look to that part of myself in order to get the answers that I need. And, and, uh, and, and I think that, you know, when, when we use the word God, it's easy to, to cringe, to really just <laughs> sort of get thrown off. And yeah. I think that, um, a higher power is uh, is definitely a better way to to look at it. If if that word scares you, yeah, it I, it helps me right? still to this day. Yeah, right? still to this day, well, I, because, I feel kind of ridiculous saying it, but it still feels less controversial than God. Well, because like, God for you still conjures up a very specific image, right? Well, not so much now, but um, I know that it conjures up a very specific. Uh, uh, Force like there, there's definitely a force that can the word God can can bring people together or tear them apart, mm. right? And so, as we've been talking, when I say the word God, what you see in your mind is completely different from what I see and completely different from what the listeners see. And so, if I can say higher power instead of God, then I feel like like more people are open to to viewing their own God in their own way versus trying to. Uh, judge my God and you know what I mean? Like how much, how much more right they are in their God versus my God. There's not the division that I feel like there is because I think the word God has come to mean just something that it was never intended to mean, you know, I don't think it was ever intended to, to mean something. So that could be something so negative. Yeah. And finite. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so like, I, I really appreciate what you said about, you know, choosing, you know, I think it's really important that people understand my my uh, my stand on it is that I get to decide today exactly like you said. What is this? Is this coincidence? And I've been sharing about it lately. You know, there was a time that I prayed to get sober. And I didn't pray to you to get me sober. And I didn't pray to fucking AA to get me sober. And I didn't pray to myself to get me sober. 
I prayed to a power that was greater than me, that I couldn't touch, that I couldn't feel, that I couldn't see, but believed enough was there that it would guide me in this direction, right? And and regardless of where that path has taken me, I sit here sober today. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of instances in my life that are like that, right? When I when I had the prayer before going into atheism of, you know, the confusion that I had, you know, and I, I prayed to have an understanding so clear that a blind man could see it, I became an atheist and then moved into the understanding that I have today, which is a lot more peaceful for me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I look back and I look at all these situations throughout my life, I can either I can either go, well, those are all just situations that happened just out of happenstance, and, mm-hmm. and now I'm sitting here, or I can go, all my prayers have been answered. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't know how, but somehow I came around to like fucking whatever. I don't have to know exactly. Right. Good for you. It, it's fu- <laughs> just fucking surrendered. <laughs> Fuck this. I can't figure it out. Right. Um, Cause we do have to come to a con- concept of our own and whether that's, you agree with with the concept that you were born with or somebody taught you, you know, I think that's great. You know, if it's a tradition mm-hmm. in your family or your community, I think that that's great. If it's something that um, came through you or you got out of a book, that's great. One of the books that helped me a fucking fuck ton is a book called Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. And, and the reason that it helped me so much was um, I had this idea about, what God would be, but I didn't know how to voice it. I didn't know how to, how to bring it out without feeling blasphemous or, um, even how to construct it and organize what I thought, right. It it was all just jumbled up inside of me. And, And that book really put it into perspective for me. And as I listened to it over and over and over again, the more I heard in that book was like, this is exactly the way that I've always felt God was supposed to be. Mm hmm but didn't know how to, how to, how to fucking get there. Right. And so as I go through this journey, right, I have to be open and willing to adapt and change as it comes. Because if I stay rigid in the belief that I have today, when it's time for me to change, then I'll never grow. You know, if I would have stayed rigid in my belief, uh, 10 years ago, I would have never grown. I would have never grown past the fear that I had of a power greater than myself, the fear that I had of the afterlife or the fear that I have of life in general, you know, because I, I move around pretty joyous and free today. Mm-hmm. You know, I still have all the th- same things you're talking about, the, the fucking financial worries or this, you know, the, the home, the health, uh, you know, the state of the nation, the, the, all, all, all the, all the things. Yeah. Right. But for some reason, for some reason today, on a fairly consistent basis, I feel like it's all going to be okay. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And that right there, like for me, is just something I'm so grateful for because, you know, at, at one point in my life, the sky was always falling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And now today, like despite what I see happening around me, I do have this sense of um, like 
you know what? Like everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And, you know, I'll say that some of that does come from a faith in a higher power and some of it comes from the, uh, the support that I get from other people who have been where I'm at and, and the people that are around me and the people that I choose to surround myself with. And, and, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful yeah. for that. Yeah. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say also your experience of like the fact that you're sitting here and you've been through everything that you've been through? Like, yeah, very good yeah. point because I like, do oftentimes like any moments that I find myself like really, really stressed out. Like I've got like a high workload and I've got like all these additional responsibilities. I will always remind myself, you know what? Like I have been in this situation before. I have felt like this before and I have come out of it absolutely yeah. fine. Yep. So yeah, having that experience to look back on and apply to what's happening currently is super, super helpful. Yeah. 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 So I appreciate you mentioning that. Yeah. And I appreciate uh, Forrest telling his story and giving us this talk. I could, I could bat around. I could, I could pinball around this fucking topic from one extreme to the other. I know. I all, feel like I have so much all, more I want to say. All day. Right. Like, because it, it is so personal and we all just have these experiences that we want to share like you like you just said you know I, I want to share what worked for me in the hopes that it'll work for you and uh I definitely think that that's Forrest's intention with with telling his story and so uh great story mm-hmm. I mean dude's been through some shit and now he's on the other side of it and I'm grateful for that so yeah me too what do you say should we Let's do it. Yeah. Let's uh, let's do it. This week's war story is brought to you by Brainwashed Coffee. Brainwashed Coffee is a damn good coffee with a damn good cause. 50% of all proceeds go back into the recovery community, which makes it a perfect partner for us here at the Other Side of Hell podcast. With delicious blends like coffee commitment found a new freedom we drink a hell of a lot of it here and it gives us the energy we need to deliver a quality show right now you can get five dollars off your coffee purchase at brainwashedcoffeeco.com using the promo code other side clean your beat brainwashed coffee now without further ado here is this week's war story hi my name is forrest and i'm an alcoholic a grateful alcoholic I am 60 years old. I was born in Austin, Texas, and I still reside just outside of town in that area. My sobriety date is 9-21-2010. I was, uh, I was brought up in a, what I consider a less than stellar environment as a child. And um, it was basically an environment that uh, I didn't feel loved or or appreciated or or anything like that. Um, And it, it, oh, and by the time I was 12 years old, um, I felt like I was... I was 12 years old and all alone in this world with uh, 
with no one that cared about me. And um, it was very sad and very scary existence for me. And um, at age 12, I discovered alcohol. And that, that helped me to relax. Um, it made things not so scary and not so sad, or at least numbed all of that. And um, that was basically... When that happened, um, when I made that discovery... I was pretty much off to the races with it. Um, and so it was, uh, it was age 12 and, and off, off and going. And, um, uh, my, my childhood, um, prior to that, we were, we were the type of people that went to church every Sunday and, um, I had a I had a long list of things in my head that I I felt like that I was going to be sent to hell for because that's basically all all I got out of church was um what a bad person I was and and so I'm I'm coming to the realization that you know my parents doesn't give they don't give a shit my, you know, God doesn't care for me because, um, I've already been told where he's going to send me. And, um, so it's off to figure this out on my own, just being me and the alcohol. And, um, then around, uh, right at age 16, I was, uh, drugged and raped by a group of men and um, that did not that did not help matters any at all and so basically from age 12 to age 48 I was I was just I was on my own fuck it I, I'm, I'm gonna I, I have no choice it's just me against the world and basically, you know, with with the the lack of tools that I had at the time, um, it was just a terrible mess. It was a a, a terrible terrible mess, a, a very sad existence. Um, and and uh, that that went on for thirty six years, thirty six years of my life. I drank very hard and and didn't understand and and uh, didn't come across the the help that I needed and if I did I wouldn't accept it because I, w I was still in that fuck the world mode um, and um, yeah for 36 years I, I went on and I went through the normal stuff the the trashed relationships the divorces uh, the isolation from pretty much all human contact, 
as much as I could. I did, I did maintain employment through that 36 years without a problem. Um, I never had a problem in that area. Um, but it was just, it was not a good existence. I even uh, lost contact with uh, my youngest son through one of, through my first marriage, I had two children, two boys, and um, I lost, uh, for almost three years, I lost contact with my youngest son. I did not see my oldest grandson until he was a year old. Um, and so at, at, at 48 years old, uh, you know, my life was just a, a wreck. I, I had... And matter of fact, I had even told someone that uh, in 48 years, I'd fucked up more than I can fix before I die. Still thinking that I had the power to fix anything. Um, and uh, at the time, I was married to a, a lady who had been in the program for two years. Um, and... From time to time, I would go to meetings with her just to basically shut her up or maybe make myself feel like I was doing something decent or whatever. But, uh, yeah, at age 48, I, I, she asked me on the way out the door one day if, if I wanted to go to a meeting. And, and at this point, I, I just wanted out. I was done. I, I was done. I needed some relief. I... I I could not take any more of this, every aspect of my life just being garbage. Um, I, I, I won't say I was ever suicidal, but um, I, I was to the point where if, if the man upstairs was going to send me to hell, I was ready. Fuck it. it. It can't be any worse than this. That's what I thought in my mind. And so she asked me on the way out the door, do you want to go to a meeting? And I said, sure. <laughs> Why not? Uh, so I, I, uh, I walked into to a meeting, and I'd been in this room uh, several times in the past. And the one thing that I noticed in this room, um, I had gone to a couple of meetings, and I had gone to birthday celebrations. And... I noticed these fuckers were always laughing. <laughs> and I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't understand that, you know. I, I, I just, it, it amazed me. And I, I did like that aspect. They were always happy. They, were, they seemed to always be laughing and they were never judgmental of me. I never got that feeling that they were judgmental. And um, so I go into this meeting and I sit down. And, uh, of course, close to the door, because I'd already scoped the room out. I'd been there before. I knew I knew where the door was and the best seat and how the hell to get out quick if I needed to. And uh, so I have a seat, and, and it's going around the room as it, as it did in that meeting. And I already knew all I, all I had to say was, I'm just here to listen, and it would pass on by me. Well, it came to me, and, and I didn't say that. The next thing I knew, the words, hi, my name is Forrest and I am an alcoholic, came out of my mouth. And, and to this day, I swear 
I, I heard the words come out, but I, I, I just chalk it up to God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. And those words came out. And when they did, I thought I was going to hit the ceiling. I literally thought I was going to lift out of the seat. The, the, the incredible weight that was lifted off of me when I said those words the first time was absolutely incredible. It was a phenomenal feeling. And, um, yeah, so after I said that and I felt really good, I thought, well, I guess we'll, we'll give this a shot and see what happens. I mean, felt pretty good saying that. Let's, and these guys are always laughing at whatever. So let's, let's give this a shot. So I, uh, I started going to meetings every day, sometimes two a day. And, um, that day I, I quit drinking that day and I have not had a drop since that day. Um, I was, I was getting along to about day three and I had moved a little further into the room, <laughs> not by the back door anymore. I, I was getting a little brave there on day three, I guess it was. And, uh, I sat down and I could finally focus a little bit and, and look, it, it was, had all been kind of a blur until then. And, and I looked up on the wall and it had the steps up there on the wall. And I, all I saw, I couldn't read the steps. All I saw was the word God up there on the wall in, in step three. And, uh, I immediately thought I'm fucked. I'm going to have to depend on this, this dude that's going to send me to hell. I'm, I'm not going to make it because I already know about him. I know all about him. I've heard it all my life. So I thought a couple of the older guys, they just said, don't worry about it. Just, just relax. Keep coming back. And I did. And, um, you know, through that um, process, I learned that, that God was not who I thought he was. God was whoever, whoever I saw him as, not as he, other people did not dictate what God was, that they taught me that. And I always tell people, I had in my mind this, this big blackboard in my head, this big chalkboard, and it had all of the stuff about God on it, all of it. And, and AA, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, allowed me to erase that board and get all that bullshit off of there. And, um, and, and I tell people today, I'm, I'm the God and myself are the only two that write on that board now. And, uh, you know, I, I repeatedly hear things from people, uh, well, God is this, I have a problem with the God part. I'll do all of it, but the God part. And, and I'm like, well, why, why? Well, God's this or God's that. And, and, uh, I always ask them, who told you that? Did God tell you that? And, and 100% of the time, no, that's just what I've heard. 
And it's like, no, no, this, it's not about that. It's about you experiencing God for yourself in your own personal way. Nobody gets to dictate how that happens. And so I was able to learn that. Um, and, and for years, people would ask me, I would go along and they would say, well, what is the program of Alcoholics Anonymous giving you? And I would say, for years, I said, hope. It gave me hope. And, and now I say it a little differently because I was able to understand that my higher power loved me. It was not his goal to send me to hell. I, I understood that he loved me. And therefore, through that, I could start loving myself, which I, I had not done. And once I started to, I, I thought if, if, if I'm worthy of God's love, something that's that big, then I have got to be worthy of my own love. And I, and I started learning to love myself. And, and as time went along, I learned to love others. And then, and then the, the, the fourth phase of that was learning to let others love me. Which was probably one of the, the tougher ones for me in the beginning. And I, you know, I didn't come from a background of love. It was never said in my house. No one ever said, I love you. Um, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't a concept that I was at all familiar with. I knew nothing of it. And, um, and so today when people ask me, I, I say, I, I, through love, I have hope that that is what Alcoholics Anonymous, one of the things it's done for me. And, um, that's, that's been a, a very important aspect of it, um, for me. Um, so as, as time goes along, I, um, I learned to love others and, and, and allow them to love me. And, um, things started to get better. You know, the, the unmanageable portion of my life was, was getting smaller. The wreckage of the past was being dealt with. Life was getting better. And then I could finally, after a while, start to see the benefit of this program. Not only was I not drinking, but now I was starting to live a useful life. Um, a, a life that not only was good for me, but a life that was helpful to others. And, um, you know, at um, in the beginning of my sobriety, I got... I got on this kick about 36 years of my life were wasted drinking. And I, I really fought with this and battled with this for a long time. And, um, and I prayed about it and I prayed about it. And the answer that I got was the 36 years that, that I spent drinking was not wasted. If, I use that to help others. 
Now, if, if I if I don't don't pass it along and help others, then you know possibly it it was wasted. You know, and and we look in the rooms today. There there it's the rooms are full of people that aren't even thirty six years old. And and I'm looking and I'm thinking, you know. What a blessing. What a blessing to have so many young people in the rooms today and uh, that get to start their lives without this big heap of wreckage. They get to start their families, and and um, it's just an incredible thing. It's, it's, uh, it's really beautiful. And um, so today, I, uh, after coming through, through all of that, and then the pandemic hits, and probably, not probably, absolutely, that is when my recovery started moving into the next level. For, for all of these years, I live in a small town, and I, I would go to meetings, and they had about three places that had meetings, and it's the same group of people that basically just migrate from one meeting to the next, and, you know, even to this day, I could sit down and almost tell you everyone's story. Not that any of that is bad. Not that that's, you know, that's the people I got sober with in the beginning. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But when I got to, to get out into the world and see all of these different perspectives, you know, the goal is exactly the same. The work is exactly the same. The approach is not always the same. You know, how people tackle it, how people deal with it. Uh, it was a blessing to get to see all of that. And um, and get to meet people. Um, it's, it's just been a tremendous blessing. Uh, and I, I balked at it at first because... I'm not a tech guy, and, and, and I got a call. Hey, we're going to start this meeting. Uh, you know, I thought you might want to be a part of it. And, and it's on Zoom, and I'm like, ah, fuck. Here we go with this shit. You know, I don't want to I don't want to sit in a Zoom meeting. I don't, I, I had done some Zoom meetings that weren't AA meetings. And, uh, man, I just, for some reason, initially didn't want any part of it. And, um just as loud and, and, and plain and, and as clear as I could hear it in my head. I heard this is an opportunity. And that was it. And I was like, oh, well, here we go. Thank you, God, and we'll give this a shot. So we, we started off in that, and it's been one of the greatest experiences that... Uh, that I've, I've, I've been fortunate enough to experience in sobriety. All of these, these wonderful people from all over the world and, and their messages are all, while we're, we're all the same, their messages are all different. Their approaches are different. It's, it's just, I, and I think the majority of the people involved in all of this have, have really leveled up for all of us. It's, it's taken us up to the next step. And, and I, I just, I, yeah, I can't, I can't say how grateful I am for, for the Zoom community, for, 
people like you that do this and, um, you know, just, just without thinking about it, just working hard to give to others. And, and that's one of the ways that, that I stay sober today is, is by trying to help others. If, if I can pass any kind of message along to anyone, um, that will shave one second of misery off of their time and, and, and help them find their way to this other side. I will do it. I, I want to do that. And I, and I want to help people. And, uh, for anyone that, uh, would care to get a hold of me, I, I am active on Instagram. I am at, uh, sober underscore Texas and just reach out. Shout at me. Um, actually, uh, if you find yourself in a bad spot, there is my phone number is on that page as well. Call it. I'll pick it up. I answer 24-7 and will do anything that I can and head you in the right direction. I don't have all the answers. I'm not perfect, but I know a lot of people with a lot of answers. And I know a lot of people that are more than willing to, to reach a hand out and, and, and help you up. Thank you for letting me share. Ooh, thanks Forrest. Yeah. That was awesome. If I can, if I can shave one second of misery, I, I think like how profound is that? Like, like literally if you could go back and, and look after death and be like, your story shaved fucking nine seconds of misery off of this guy's life. Interesting. Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah. Thank you, Forrest. Like, wow. Yeah, that was great. Fuck, man. It, it never surprises me the transparency of the people that share their stories on this and the things that they've been through and how sobriety works for them for the benefit of their lives. Today. Yeah. When he was talking about uh, just expanding his circle because of COVID. Yeah. Um, it really just reminded me, like, because honestly, like, before COVID, we were getting war stories from mainly just people in the area. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we were really sort of forced to branch out upon, you know, um, having the same restrictions as the rest of everybody else. And it's because of that that we are now connected to this huge network of people and we get to hear you know, a variety of stories. Um, and, and Forrest is just one of those. And his story was absolutely um, amazing and just so different from what, you know, you might hear locally. Yeah. Um, and I just really, really appreciated yeah. that. Yeah, I do too. I, I appreciate like, because what you're saying is like, you know, it is the same group of people just migrating right. from meeting to meeting and then coming on here and, and, and hearing just, how far the uh the message goes i don't remember who said it uh not too long ago but i i heard somebody say you know america's oh i think it was adam said you know america's contribution to the world is alcoholics anonymous right and, yeah you know, it came yeah. out of america and, and now it's spread throughout the world there's people getting sober all over the place and thankfully you know forrest was married to an alcoholic that i i, I can't imagine how tough it would be being married to an alcoholic like Forrest, because I, I know Forrest a little bit now um, from from online, not just the story, but you know, from meetings, from meetings mm -hmm. in, in the recovery community online. But 
you know, I never had to live with an alcoholic that was using while I was using. While you were sober. While I was sober, yeah. yeah. And so I can't imagine, but it works. You know, it's it's worked for for thousands of people. Mm-hmm. You know, we know we know people locally. You know, we know people like Forrest who, or we know you know stories like Forrest that they live with somebody that that drinks on a regular, or they're living with an alcoholic or a using addict or something like that, and they're able to stay sober. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing. You know, and then go through the kind of shit he went through that that understanding that I am alone. Right, I think is is a common thread of alcoholism. We hear it here all the time. Oh yeah, I'm alone. Mm-hmm. Nobody loves me. I need to figure this out. Right. Yeah. So, well, and I, you know, when I when I talk about uh, just the differences in um, hearing stories from outside of our area, you know, it sounds like he grew up in a place where, you know, there was a very um, defined definition of God and church. And this is what he grew up with. And again, like such a big part of his story, um, and his journey and recovery had to do with like forgetting that. Yeah. Um, which is obviously what inspired the topic, but, um, but I just, I, I love hearing people's individual journeys with, with that idea and that notion and that concept, because it does hit us all just so differently that there's going to be somebody out there today that was listening and they just got three different perspectives yeah. of, of what that journey can look like. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully one of those might resonate with them in a way that will let them know that whatever they come up with is okay. Yeah. And I think that that's sort of what we're after here is, is telling enough of, a variety of stories that somebody somewhere can identify enough to get some understanding and, and some hope. Yes. Hope. And, uh, and I really appreciate you sharing your story for us. It was yeah. amazing. Another thing that I really liked, uh, was, um, when he talked about, uh, Oh, what was it there at the end? Love. Um, yeah. Oh, when, oh, oh, that's right. When he was saying that, uh, he had to go through this whole process of letting people yeah. love him. Um, Until he could love himself. Yeah, and just like what a journey that was for him. Um, You know, just his whole journey with love, period. Yeah. um, Was was just really, really eye-opening. Yeah, listening to his story, it's no surprise that he struggled with love for so long. And now, you know, the love is the hope, right? Mm -hmm. Love it. Love equals hope. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Forrest. Yeah, thank you, the man. man, Forrest. Appreciate it. You know, I did have one story I wanted to share because I think that it sort of ties into what it is we're talking about here. But yeah, right. I just want to share it really quickly. I was listening to uh, another podcast, and this girl was sharing, this lady was sharing about when she was a little girl, and um, she had this idea of God, and she sort of wrestled with um, God and this notion that there was or was not a God. And she had decided, I think she was like eight years old or something, and she had decided that she was going to leave a notebook out. And she left a notebook out and prayed to God and said, okay, God, if you're real, I want you to write in the notebook. And then she went to bed and she woke up the next day, and obviously there was no 
nobody had written in the notebook. And so the reason that I bring that up is that sometimes our asking of understanding can be just as naive as that eight-year-old girl. You know, of course, there was no answer in her notebook. Um, but does that mean that there's not a God? To her, it did. And I think sometimes we ask crazy things of, quote-unquote, God or a higher power um, that becomes really easy to see in this scenario that I just laid out before you, but not always easy to see when we're actually going through it and we're asking these things. And then we just decide that there's no higher power because God didn't write in our notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, I'm grateful today to be in a place that I don't have to uh, to to define God and, and to expect, you know, my demands from him right um in such a way that uh, that i can believe despite all that yeah so i dig it yeah anyways yeah thank you for sharing that story right thank you you're welcome it's nice to get a decision so thank you forrest again for yes. sharing your story cameron it's been a pleasure I kind of don't want to go, but I feel like it's time for us to shut up. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Cameron, shut up. All right. <laughs> Jordan. Thanks, thanks, Jordan. Back there, pushing buttons and turning knobs. looking awesome. And turning knobs. Rylan, thank you, sir. You look amazing. I like your hair. Yeah. And your face. And your face. Oh, and I love everybody out there listening and watching. Thank you for your support. I'll see you on the other side. You are worth the work. The Other Side of Hell is a do-it-yourself podcast. For more information, recovery resources, and contact info, check out our website at theothersideofhellpodcast.com. You can help us spread our message by liking and subscribing, giving us a follow, or a five-star rating.